All right, man. Welcome back to the show. It's Troy Track Select, and we're getting back on track this week. And we have a special guest this time around, Gustavo Gucci. However you want to do it, man. Hey, hey, yo. What's up, guys? It's Gustavo coming live from Puerto Rico. We lit. Looking forward to this. Very excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Let me see this setting right here. That's probably good. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess this was a special podcast, and you already know from the title of it, is that, or maybe you don't because it's just kind of hinted, but um, we're talking about a few artists that we wished we had gotten into before they had passed away, whether we had the chance to do that or not. Some of these artists might have passed away before we were born. Some of them... We definitely had an opportunity to listen to them, but for whatever reason, we just didn't. And shout out to Julian, one of my number one fans. This is definitely your request, so that's the whole reason we're even <laughs> we're doing this. So shout out to you for the idea, and I'm always welcome to uh, more suggestions. Shout out to Julian. Thank you for the <laughs> amazing idea. Very excited. Yeah, super sad that these artists have passed away. Um, sometimes they get a little bit more famous after passing away. That's just how it is. Yeah. But, hey, still great music at the end of the day, so pretty excited to talk about the couple artists we're going to hit today, so. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess we'll go ahead and start. We're not even going to do no super huge intro or anything. One of the craziest ones, unfortunately, super recent. Super recent. Uh, Young Dolph, super unexpected, definitely didn't do this, like, with him in mind at first. It just happened to occur. Um and it is definitely shaking up some of the hip-hop world. Of course, we're going to have that same conversation of violence in hip-hop as we do like every couple days at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, what could you say? I mean, definitely being in the hip-hop rap culture has definitely turned into a, a violent environment really fueled by hatred, envy, greed... Um, it's kind of sad. There's a lot of good music, you know, that these emotions, you know, fuel into the inspirations of most of these artists. But it's kind of sad that some of them have to go this way. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Uh, we're always going to have a difficult conversation regarding, like, you know, we talk about the violence in music is not good because of mm -mm. the things that occur to get the music out there. And then the things that occur after the music is put out there. Uh, and it's always a a hard balancing act to you know i really love <laughs> uh music with an edge to it sometimes with a violent tinge to it and of course you know nobody ever wants to actually see someone lose their life because of it or or in any way especially with the violent way that young Dolph left but it's just kind of reality like i said this comes from a lot of their realities beforehand and we have to, and they have to face the consequences of some of that after. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, I was, I was actually reading a comment in one of like Young Dolph's videos because I, obviously I tapped into his music once again after the news, and I was reading how one of these people commented that sometimes the emotions that we put into our music, the way that we fuel it, it gets back to you, man. It gets back to you. I mean, sadly, Young Dolph passed away in his hometown. You yeah, know, yeah. visiting cookie shop. So kind of an odd way to go. You know, you wouldn't expect something like that to happen, especially in like a community owned location. But it's just how it is. Memphis is hot right now. So, 
Yeah, uh, you know, Boozy on Vlad TV was saying how once you blow up, uh, you cannot stay in whatever city you used to stay in, especially mm-hmm. if you were involved in like some real kind of street stuff. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, and that goes for pretty much every single rapper that's ever blown up in a city that might have had a decent bit of violence, or not even if it had a decent bit of violence but just if they were involved in said violence so everybody has to kind of leave like chief keith yeah chief keith is a perfect example my man once he got out of that old block it's time to get out of there you know you can't stay over there no more yeah i don't know if dirk still stays there i doubt it i mean most aren't like you can't like you said you just can't do it Dolph had moved out he was actually just back visiting yep i think if it wasn't his grandma, it was some elderly sick relative. Yeah, I think I think it was his aunt that she was like suffering from cancer. He was just, you know, not only was he visiting her family, I think he was always like commenting recently about how his mental health has been affecting him. And his doctor was like, "Hey, you should probably take some time on yourself, mm-hmm. go back home and stuff." So you know, a lot of things led up to him coming back home. It's just kind of sad that, you know, this visit was his last visit. Yeah, I think. Uh, we we hear some of these lyrics and, and the songs that are and they're really fun and some of them are funny even Young Dolph was hilarious yeah too. me my dad loved parts of Young Dolph um, but like they do come from a real place and a lot of people are super paranoid from some of the lyrics that they do say mm-hmm. and like I said when it's all in music it's it's all good when you're not living that way or when you're not currently in the moment of what that song came from sure. but uh like you said they definitely affect these guys mental health whether they realize it or not yeah 100 percent, and it kind of sucks because like now most of the art artists have to like live with the paranoia mm-hmm. you know uh, have to be worried have to be surrounded by security guards because you never know like when it could be your last day when some of these lyrics might feel someone's hatred towards you and they want to end your life, so completely agree on you. Like how much of these artists like, kind of move out from their hometown. Usually, they just end up in LA. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a big hub for all these artists. But yeah, it just sucks. Very, very sad about Young Dolph. Yeah. Uh, shoot. I mean, I guess my first interaction with Young Dolph. So Young Dolph was somebody who I was definitely aware of and definitely had heard and even had dipped into some of his music before he passed away. But I wasn't like a super huge young Dolph fan i definitely wasn't checking out every new release that he had or anything like that but uh one of the first songs i heard from him and probably the first song a lot of people heard from him was preach preach yes Uh, banger yeah which was like super funny i remember riding in the car uh and i think i think young Dolph was relevant once i had started college i think i was already in college so i was riding my dad in the car and Young Dolph says, like, she liked to argue, so I sent that bitch to law, law school. school. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And bar. my dad, like, literally laughed out loud when he heard that. And he's not a huge hip-hop guy or whatever. But just seeing him laugh, I was like, oh, that clearly was an amazing part. Because my dad is laughing at it. Then, like, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just funny. Young Dolph really had, a, like, a creative delivery. He always found, like, some metaphor to back up his lyrics and he was he was very goofy i loved his ad libs he was always like shouting like hey hey <laughs> you know, and my man was just funny with it man uh-huh. like, so <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's just part of um, the whole thing and there's a couple different like lines on maybe not just on preach 
but on a couple of the songs off of that album or maybe some past ones that I was just like listening to as I was coming, um, kind of preparing for this podcast. And one of the funniest things is like, you're looking for your chick. She with me. She ain't missing. Which is like <laughs> the way he would taunt. Disrespectful. Is just so funny. I wish I could do that. Like I don't. <laughs> like I don't. Uh, I wish I could be that much of a bully where I could just get under someone's skin and be like, "Yeah, your your girlfriend's not missing. She's with me right now." I know. And the thing is that a lot of these deliveries. No real names behind it, you know. It's just him being a goof, to be honest, and just being cocky. And that was part of his persona, to be honest. And a lot of people actually did respect Young Dolph because he was independent, yeah. really about him. And actually, him being independent is part of the beef mm-hmm. of what's going on right now in Memphis. There's a lot of uh, back talk about how maybe his death is linked to some past beef he had with another famous Memphis artist. Um, I'm going to say his name. Yo, Yo Gotti. Like, you can say his name. Oh, yeah. Not for me. I mean. Yeah, no, not for me either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think uh, we've talked about a song really famous, uh, 100 Shots. Mm. Yeah, first time I heard that song, I had no idea what they were talking about. And then he was like, 100 Shots and you still miss. I'm like, damn, that, that person must suck at shooting. Yeah. 100 Shots, that's a lot, you know? <laughs> so like the funniest thing about 100 Shots is I was living in the state that it occurred in. So I was living in North Carolina. Oh, God. It was in Charlotte. It was about an hour from where I was currently living. But everybody saw it. was like, whoa, that's insane. Uh, he, We first heard on it on the news. Yeah, because obviously this came out after the event. But we heard about it on the news, and you hear like, okay, yo, I mean, um, Young Dolph has a bulletproof SUV or whatever vehicle he's in, just bulletproof. And it says, literally in the headlines, like, over a hundred shots fired at his vehicle, but he walks away from it without a scratch. Like yeah. legend, like legendary. You know that definitely gave him a lot of notoriety in the streets. Yeah, that. like and so you you see something like that. First of all, you you walk away from something like that. It's either two things you can do: you hang up the street life for good and yeah. never do do it, or you double down and you just like make fun of whoever happened and that's the route he chose and i wish i could be that cool, paper out never i'll never be that cool no 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 i would have had my gloves after that <laughs> definitely super sketched out i mean just one shot yeah would make me go back to my home and be like yeah i'm dropping all this but my man got shot at a hundred times yeah. okay i definitely don't need like a hundred no, 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 no worry. i just see a gun yeah that's and enough. i think you know what i'm good yeah. <laughs> so like i'm i remember my uh mom I used to go to church with these guys and uh, it was this woman. She was an older woman. I forgot her name. It's not important. But, <laughs> uh, actually, I do remember just now, but I'm not going to say it. So, Shout out to the old lady. Yeah. Like my mom was like, oh, such and such wants you to hang out with her grandson because he's kind of going down the wrong path. And like, oh, Lord, you no, know, I'm supposed to influence him to do something right. Because I guess I was doing all right in school I and guess. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And so, like, people viewed me as like, yeah, that's a that's a positive guy, whatever. So, they want me to go hang out with, uh, we'll, we'll just call him Hank for now. All that's right. definitely not his Shout name. Shout out to Hank. But we'll call him Hank. And so, uh, I was like, I feel like this isn't going to go very well. I never met Hank. <laughs> I, I knew we were both the same age. But just from the way that they were talking, like, oh, yeah, my son's going down the wrong path. Grandson's going down the wrong path. Like, he had moved down 
to his grandma's house to get out of whatever he was All right. like dealing with. He was in the beef. So that already let me know, like, probably didn't want to be. Nah. <laughs> but I pulled up and I was like, hey, what's up? He comes to the shirt, uh, comes to the door, no shirt on, bandana. Okay. And I was like, all right. I see what's happening. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, what's up? You know, I'm Hank. Da, 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 da. I was like, cool. And I was like, so what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I got this friend named whatever his friend's name was. Uh, like we can hang out with him or we can play basketball or whatever. I feel figure it's going to be way easier if we just hang out with somebody he knows. It'll be less awkward. Yeah, yeah, I've literally never spoken to him before. Of course. We go to Homeboy's house. Long story short, they, uh, they're like, oh, we want to smoke. I'm like, I'll go with you, but I don't really do that. That's fine. They go pick up the stuff, come back to his house, and they start smoking. And then there's like a knock at the door. Oh, no. And like Mm-mm. his friend just pulls out a gun. No, no question. No hesitation. Ask, no nothing. And cocks it. And Get I was the like, strap. oh, they let this me type of knock. Immediately, I was not a shooter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> from seeing how I felt, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I might have thought I was tough at a point, maybe. But nah. like, this is not me. Nah. Like, and so my first thought is, how can I get out of this house? Right now. Because I'm like, yeah, like, okay, there's a window out this back room. I'm jumping out it. Uh, like, I'll take Hank with me. I know him. I don't know his homeboy like that. Nah, his homeboy can stay. Yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get Hank back home because his grandma's gonna be like, yo, you just left him. Uh, and, like, it turns out it was just, like, the apartment maintenance people. Oh, that's beautiful. But I was like, what are you involved in where you pull out a gun For and every knock, right? Yeah, yeah, didn't even know who was at the door. You cocked it back and it immediately changed. Like, we were watching Martin. Like, t- totally not... You know what I'm saying? Not even in that type of energy, but he immediately cocks a gun that I didn't know he had. No, yeah, of course, of (laughs) course. Always concealed and stuff. Yeah, this is kind of like what we were talking about a couple of minutes ago. Just the fact that, like, living that type of life, you know, you're always, like, just worried, anxious, you know. You have no peace. And especially, like, you know, uh, smoking marijuana has been commented a lot that, you know, sometimes it gets your heart raced, you Mm -hmm. know. So you're under that circumstances, under that influence, and then... You're always thinking, you know, like, oh, this might be a violent interaction right here. That's just, just kind of sad, you know. Yeah. But that's that's how it is. Hey, if you choose to leave this, you know, live in the streets and never leave them, that's kind of like how your life is going to go down. Hey, but mm-hmm. R.I.P. Young Dolph, my man. For really, sure. really influential, independent artist. Really paved the way. Put Memphis on the map. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Just a, an insane situation. And, and somebody else who honestly had to do, uh, kind of go through something similar is uh, Yerusa. Or how, how do you like to say it? You say Yo, it. Yerusa is pretty spot on. So a little background about Jerusa. Jerusa was an upcoming um, trap, hip hop, and drill artist from Puerto Rico. He actually passed away November 20th of last year. Mm -hmm. So it's been literally a year and two days since he passed away. He was only 22 years old. He was very, very, very talented. And uh, he was really paving the way for a Latin drill. So that was a a sound that is not typical, Mm -hmm. especially over there um, in Puerto Rico. People are more, you know, used to like dembo, reggaeton, Mm -hmm. what Bad Bunny and Anuel popularized with like their type of like approach to trap and whatnot. But it's kind of like the similar story of like John Dolph, you know, um, my man uh, want to be independent. Mm. Um, he always hanging out with his clique. Shout out to Moneyway, Moneyway Jerusa. Oh, yeah. What you want to do? Moneyway or the Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, 
he was really talking about the streets. He, he had a very uh, rough, a very straightforward style. And it was, it was very, it was, it was like catching on. A lot of like mainstream artists started like, you know, giving shout outs to Jerusa, um, shout outs to his clique. He was really making like his name known, but it's just kind of sad that it had to end the way it did. Like they killed him in a basketball court mm -hmm. and there was someone else with him, but he was injured and the circumstances still haven't been really like publicly disclosed i saw that which i thought was strange yeah super strange but um you know people can kind of get a glimpse of what it possibly was you know you could listen to his music and you probably know the vibe yeah i was trying to like find more information on him just as a artist in general and i don't know if it's the language barrier <clears throat> right because like you know i was i was looking it up and all they had was you know that he had passed away and like literally nothing else no interviews on you know his come up or his influences or anything like that just literally the act that he had passed away is that is it because i was you know just typing in something in english and google or... <laughs> no 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 so the thing is um he was very very popular on the underground mm -hmm. right so i i wouldn't say that there was really a lot of mainstream coverage because that's that was what he was getting at you know but um Definitely, it was commented in a lot of podcasts um, and a lot of like other popular like reaction videos online. Um, you know, other people were just like talking about like who is Jerusa, mm -hmm. where did he come from, and why is his music so catchy, <laughs> and how does he have all these mainstream artists talking about him, um, putting his name on the map? Just really, really sad to see all this talent go away, and you know, like what we said a couple minutes ago, it's just. Kind of sad how this very like violently fueled like culture that rap and especially like trap and drill music have mm -hmm. you know they might catch on and if you're really about that life you know sometimes these are the consequences that you have to suffer but shout out to money way and jerusa he was really paving it and like honestly i wish i would have listened to more of his music music before like i remember the first time I heard one of his songs is called Ganga Remix, which is like gang mm -hmm. in in Spanish. Yeah. And um, I was in the gym and I was like, yo, this music has me like hyped up, you yeah. know, like that violent edge, that roughness. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm about to break some personal records today, <laughs> you know. And um, one of my homies, uh, Hoda, shout out to Hoda. Um, when Jerusa passed away, he called me. He's like, hey, yo, you remember Jerusa? I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's going to release new music. Like, what's up? He's like, hey, man, like, he, he just got killed. I'm like, what? No way. And, like, most of the music that's out now is posthumous. You know, like, mm -hmm. Money Way, uh, they put their act together and they're like, you know what? He wanted to release music. He wanted to make an impact. So regardless of him passing away, we're going to release music videos. Yeah. We're going to release snippets. We're going to release a lot of featurings that he was working on. So his team really, really like they were with the vision and they made it happen regardless of him not being here no more. It always amazes me the amount of like uh, unreleased stuff that artists just have. Yeah. That like same thing with Pop Smoke or with Tupac or several, several rappers specifically. It's yeah. usually not too many um, artists in other genres that just have all this stuff that is like. They just have it. Maybe it's because you can just put, like, if you're rapping, as long as it's on tempo in, like, some sort of 4-4 four, four yeah. thing, like, you can just put it somewhere so it's a little easier. That's true. Um, but I hear, like, 
you know, just hearing so much post-humorous stuff is strange. Or yeah. just having that much in the bank. Like, I'm like, how much do you guys really have? I know, like, like drives and drives full of music, you know? It's kind of like... It's impressive sometimes, to be honest. I'm yeah. like, what? You had all that music stored up, and now it's when it's going to come out? Like, what were you waiting for? Am I right? But, you know, like, maybe label stuff. I know it's a lot of legal stuff. Yeah, probably. That I don't understand. It's like legal stuff moves much slower than music stuff does. Okay. Because you can just record and record and record. But in order to get it, um, not trade, copyrighted, all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, like, yeah. It might take you, like, eight months. So you might have recorded it way way forever but to get it copyrighted where nobody can just steal your stuff yeah that makes sense especially when you're like in these like mainstream platforms you know mm -hmm. it's not like soundcloud and yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah. where you can just release music on music on music on music no one's gonna stop you because like maybe you're not so on the map in the moment am i right so mm -hmm. shout out to soundcloud <laughs> um, one thing i thought was hilarious when i was first listening to bloody was like you hear that, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, is that Bobby Shmurda? Yes, <laughs> yes. I remember listening to that for the first time. I was like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, hey, I've heard that before. Who does that? And he's like, Shmurda. I'm like, oh, okay. So you can see that some artists from the outside, you know, they really had a lot of influence on his music, especially like drill music, like blowing up in New York. He, he was like, he's not a native from New York, but he had a lot of connections over there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's... It's kind of, it was kind of obvious that there was like some heavy influence on his music. That was really funny because I was literally like, is there, like, is he featured on this song? Because it was so spot on. Oh, yeah. It, it wasn't just he said, ah, ah, ah. Like, it was just like Bobby Shmurda. Uh, and then just the drill in general. Like, it's very funny when I'll see, uh, like, another culture just straight up. And it usually happens, not happens much of stuff, but, but rap specifically is really funny. Um, you'll just see them, like, snatch a whole. A whole vibe, like literally. Now we're just it's it's drill. We're just rapping a smash. Like that's literally it. Oh yeah, which is so funny to me. I mean, it's very cool that like sound can spread like that now and so quickly because of the internet. Yeah. Um. But before, like it might have been drill was just something that was stuck in New York or stuck in the UK. Exactly. And then you go over there and you're like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? But now it's everyone's like, oh, I like drill. I'm gonna do it over here too yeah that's exactly what it was like making him super popular over there because like no one really dared to know mm -hmm. like mix the spanish roots with like with the drill so he was really just paving the way for like island drill latin drill and um he was he dropped some you know like bilingual mm -hmm. lyrics you know yeah. so that's also something that was like very new because like rapping over there was just like strictly in spanish a lot of curse words and whatnot, <laughs> but he was like, uh, you know, like he was hitting both languages, you know. So he was like, he had a vision of like getting that audience from everywhere. Yeah. Does uh, what is it? Is the FCC is the FCC as uh, strict in Puerto Rico as they are like in the United States, where you can't say anything on the radio, pretty much. Mm, yeah pretty much okay. i mean there are some specific radio stations that may, they are not as strict uh -huh. you know but uh -huh. they're not mainstream either okay. so to be honest i wouldn't say they would be as strict mm -hmm. it's, it's mostly music in english being played in the radio to be honest so. oh, okay because gotcha. i know like sometimes when you switch languages because the fcc just isn't looking for that um and they because it requires someone to literally make a complaint because I used to work at a radio station. So it literally requires someone to make a complaint. The FCC looks into it and then they come into, you know, if they hear some stuff they don't like, 
<clears throat> they come into your studio and like, here's a hundred thousand dollar fine. Oh my god! Like Lord. now, depending on the size of your radio station, like you guys are shut down for good. Or, <laughs> you know, it's a drop in the bucket, or it's like, dang, like we really need to watch what we're saying. When I was at uh, North Carolina A and T, I was volunteering there, and they were like, yeah, like you can't, don't make a mistake because we see. They said we get nervous when we see people come in in suits that we've never seen before because we think they might be for the FCC. <laughs> and, like, if they come in here and hand us fine, we're done. Like, that's it. And I was like, oh, well, all right. No, nah, that's that's definitely not a thing. <laughs> like, not as heavy over there in Puerto yeah. Rico. There's some things that they, you can get away with. Probably, like, to be honest, Puerto Rican Spanish, like, we be speaking super fast. Like, mm-hmm. I doubt the FCC can catch some stuff that we're saying. It requires them to, like, know, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. So somebody who speaks Spanish has to hear it and be like, oh, I don't like these words. And then someone from the FCC who can also speak Spanish has to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's not okay. We don't we don't vibe with that. And then come in and, like, shut something down. No, nah, no, nah, definitely, definitely not a trend over there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just curious. <laughs> no, but now I'm going to actually look more into it because now that I think of it, like, I, I scroll through, like, different stations back there at home, mm-hmm. back then in Puerto Rico and... Like, there's a lot of English music going on, but the specific radio stations that put, like, urban music and stuff like that, they're not censored at all. Yeah. You know, so I wonder how that works. But in now. English as well, or if it's, it's in Spanish? Oh, no, it's Spanish. Okay, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, I feel like if it's in Spanish, you can get away with yeah. a lot more yeah. than if it's just a um, a typical radio edit of a song. No, no, yeah. Like, you know, like, bad words and stuff like that, they're, uh, they're censored. So, in English. Yeah, you can't even say... Um, like the names of certain guns on the radio, which I thought was super wild. Wow, that's super wild. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember listening to some stuff, and um, <clears throat> somebody would say something like, "They say a tech or an AK forty seven or whatever," and it's blanked out, which is really goofy to me. But yeah, that out. is that is. I mean, it's like a brand. You know what I'm saying? So why would you censor that? But I guess you know, like it's violent. They can associate it with that. I don't know. It's Legal a stuff. weird rule. There's no specific. Um, I don't know. There's no specific rules in the FCC. They're just like, they know the curse words and whatnot. But after that, it gets a little blurry. So I think radio stations are just extra careful. Yeah. And if they see where there was like a suit once where someone was like, oh, they got in trouble for saying AK-47. We're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing that. Yeah. I don't know. Just a different different world for sure. But um, yeah, Yeruza definitely... I always think it's interesting. It's definitely bubbling, like, where um, islands or just different sounds outside of the U.S., whenever they make a break into the U.S., it's a huge deal because we don't like anything from outside. Like, it's very hard That's true. to break into the U.S., especially if you speak a different language. Oh, yeah. Um, we don't know anything. We barely know Spanish. We should know Spanish, and we barely know Spanish. <laughs> like, so... Yeah, shout out to mainstream artists like Bad Bunny for paving the way for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge, like, that is a humongous deal. And I know you know that, but some other people might not, so. <clears throat> Dropping the knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But another artist that uh, I was super, a super wild situation, we actually work with some people who are related to him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're like... <clears throat> Um, aunt or uncle, something like that. Oh wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Juice World, Juice hey, World, Juice 
Super Juice Bowl. World. Juice the Kid <laughs> from Chicago, Illinois. Rest yeah. in peace, Juice World, man. Hey, you know, he's from Chicago. Hey, first time I listened to Juice World, I was vacationing, and it was in SoundCloud, actually. Mm. He dropped an EP. It's $9.99. Mm-hmm. And um, first song I heard was Lucid Dreams. Okay, yeah. And Lucid Dreams, wow, I was like mesmerized by the sound. Because it was like pop, and he was rapping, and it had like some very like nice sounds to it. And it was very soothing. I'm like, I like this music. Who is this guy? Yeah. Who is Juice World? And I'm telling you that after that, I, I didn't really like follow him as much. I was still listening to him because like my man became literally mainstream. He yeah. was like the one of the biggest artists out there when he was like. In his peak, basically, and he he just like barely started, you know. He had been in the industry for like two years tops, you I know. I think he was like 22, 23. Like, he couldn't, I know he was 25. I don't think he was any older than that. No, he, he passed away at 21. Yeah, he was a young. That young is guy. crazy, okay. And actually, very curious fact. So, I'm gonna drop another name, uh, XXX Tentacion. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was very cool with him, mm-hmm. and when he passed away, and along with like, um, I think his name is uh, Lil Peep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he made this this song called Legends, okay. right? And it was basically like him talking about like how a lot of like these good artists are upcoming. They're just like passing away or they're getting killed. XXX Tentacion got killed, for example. You know, yeah, it was very very weird, very strange. odd. Yeah, still unsolved. I was gonna say I don't think they ever said who. Who did what, or if they found anybody, or motives, like, or stuff like that. Yeah, it was very just yeah. like randomly in a car and shot. Yeah, Florida, man. Florida's a different place. Yeah, Florida's a different breed place. But following up on legends, there's this um, there's this line, and he says, "Um, there's no twenty-seven club. Uh, 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 we're not making it past twenty-one, and that." Oh my God! Now that I listen to that song, it's wild because my man really died at 21. He did not make it past 21, and that just gives me the chills listening to it now, man. That's kind of wild. He has quite a few, uh, a lot. He has quite a few lines that are like very chilling after the fact. Um, so I was looking at "Lucid Dreams" on Genius, and he was he actually, you know how you can like annotate your own stuff if you're the artist. Yes. So like he verified actually, lyrics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he actually like annotated quite a bit of the song. So shout out to him. It's always cool seeing that. Yeah. But um, he was talking about how you know everybody, and of course he was still alive at the time. He's like he's talking about everybody who's um, how pills have become the new weed and how everybody's just like popping all these pills. And he thought it was super wild and not okay. Yeah. And then um, and he was kind of talking about the spiral that you get into. Where it's like he was taking it to, you know, run away from whatever problems he might have had. And he said, but then what happens is like, you know, your tolerance just gets built up. So you take more and more and more. Um, but you're, you know, you're, and you're digging yourself in a hole, a bigger hole than you were in the first place. Yeah. And like seeing that and seeing him say like it's super whack that, you know, all these people are taking pills and it's becoming normal. Yeah. Because pills are way more dangerous than like a little bit of weed. Yeah. And uh and then to see how he passed away like an overdose on some pills was like Yeah, it's kinda like weird, ironic yeah. and um he 
I, I read a little bit of background on him, and it was kind of, like, astounding to me. Like, he comes from a very conservative family. And actually, his first, like, interaction with music was, like, playing video games, mm-hmm. like, playing, like, Tony Hawk skateboard and stuff. And super he was, great like, soundtrack, by the yeah, way. Yeah, super great. And he was very influenced with rock. Mm-hmm. And obviously, rock sense. would be, like, super against what his family morals were. And, you know, he would always be, like, kind of, like, repressing all these things that back in the day when he was, like, more young, his family wasn't okay with. Okay. You know? And I don't know. Sometimes I think that fuels your persona. You know, have to be a little bit more rebellious and stuff. He's like, oh, my music, like, my parents don't like my music, so I'm just going to listen to that. Yeah. Let that influence. And he did openly disclose how very young age he started like you know experimenting with drugs and mm-hmm. stuff just trying to escape from those i guess some shackles and restraints that sometimes family put on you because of their values and stuff like that yeah. and yeah just like you mentioned like some of his music was very like drug and depressive and hardcore related so seeing that kind of play a role in like his downfall at the end dying of od is kind of sad he was definitely one of the artists who ushered in, like, overtaking pills now. Like, he wasn't the first, but he was definitely part of that wave of, like, Lil Peep. I don't think Lil Uzi necessarily talks about that as much. He definitely does. It's it's very... His music is uh, similar in the terms of, like, he's not doing straight-up hip-hop. Like he'll, he's, yeah, they're rock stars. Yeah, like I said, rock stars... We just talked about this in an episode not too long ago, how these guys are rock stars, and there's a there's a difference. Yeah. Um, but uh, who else? Um, I'm trying to think of his name. I know Future talks a, a lot. Future oh. was definitely. I mean, he made a, a he made a song. I mean, a cold album. Yeah. With um with him, and I don't remember the name right now, the but Dirty Sprite too. Um, no, Dirty Sprite too. I think that's like that's Future's work. I'm gonna trying to look for it real quick and juice world but yeah so it was future and juice world present world on drugs i forgot about that one yeah we get so many collaborations now um which is super cool that we can get those but it used to be you definitely just don't get to have no a collaboration like that but yeah that was it that did exist that did happen yeah and the album art it's literally just pills and lean all over the planet Earth. Yeah. World on drugs, literally. They're definitely super um, buying in and pushing like this drug persona, even though Future has said that he like chilled out from that. It's just kind of part of his image now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and you do have to chill out or... You die. Yeah, it's you can't play in that world for long. No, nah, the only person who can do this, these crazy amount of drugs and get away with it is Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. The true goat. But they were literally, like, scientists were literally studying his body to figure out, like, why he's not dead. No. Um, he bit the head off of a bat. Everybody <laughs> knows that story. Uh, I think at a concert, and they were, like, literally scientists were like, why don't you have rabies or something like that? Like, And there were a lot of rock stars in that era of Ozzy Osbourne in the 70s who were just all, they were all heroin addicts. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe addicted to painkillers because heroin is like you know a, a type of painkiller because it was more it comes from morphine i think so um yeah but a lot of those rock stars they're like the few that are left because yes. quite a few who passed away in that era who made it out and ozzy Osbourne was one of them they're like we need to figure out what it is about you that keeps 
you alive. Yeah. So apparently he something about his genes. Yeah. Um, could sustain like four times, or I don't know the crazy amount of times more drugs than a normal human being. And it's kind of curious because you never know if it's something that he kind of like grew and developed as a being, or if he was just built like that. You can't. You have to just be built like that. (laughs) I mean, you definitely couldn't just start off on some crazy dosage, but... um, yeah, build yourself up. If it's built in your, if it's part of your genes, like that's just that's just you and your family. He was really on the crazy train, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's seventy two now. I was curious. I was like, is he still alive? Just sometimes some artists pass away, and you kind of forget about it. I feel like I would have remembered if he had passed oh, away. No, that yeah. would have been a huge, a huge, huge deal. He's still alive. He's going to be, he's immortalized and he's (laughs) alive and he's going to be immortalized after his passing. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a weird day. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. I wonder who he's up to now. I haven't seen anything about Ozzy Osbourne in a while. Apparently he's, he's been clean for a couple years now. Yeah. He was a heavy alcoholic as well. I mean, kind of comes with the drugs as well. The super rock star lifestyle of the 70s? Wild. That's a different... People don't even do that type of stuff. No, nah. you know what I mean. Like they, we, it was so bad. We know, and we just don't do it anymore. Nah, we don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> like some crazy times. It was literally like everyone did heroin if you were a rock star, and now they're like, you know what? We've learned from that decade or two decades, or even three, because even the '60s, it was really like from the '60s. To yeah, the kind 80s. of built this. Yeah, um, they built this like, way to the '70s. That was so bad. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna do hard drugs. Yeah, we're not like trying that. to die. We're not. Yeah, and I hey, like as time passes and people learn, we don't know how these things that are happening now, like from the two thousands all the way to like this present year, how it may change in the future for like rap and hip hop culture. You know, like we might see a change, we might not, or maybe drugs just kind of like jump into different genres as time passes by. You don't know. I mean, yeah kind of interesting the world changes the new drugs change into what everybody's doing so unfortunately i guess we'll find out well fentanyl is a thing that's killing everybody right now yeah but that's crazy i don't even understand that one all the way but no taking a lot of people out of here yeah and now they're apparently lacing marijuana which is probably the most popular drug yeah, out yeah. there uh, and um it's kind of it's kind of crazy hey guys any user or whatever just Make sure you know what you're doing. Do it safely. Because there's a lot of evil people out there. And they just don't care about other people's life. So take care, guys. Shoot. Speaking of someone, I believe... I didn't know it was fentanyl. But I I feel like I just looked it up. And they said it was fentanyl. Prince actually passed away from... They said it was a pill overdose. Like he was literally on his plane. And they had to do an emergency landing. Prince. And um, it was amazing artist. definitely an overdose. That is crazy. I did not know that. I thought he had passed away from like natural reasons. No, he wasn't old. He was only like 50-something. He definitely did not look old. Yeah, it's an accidental to... fentanyl overdose. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was fentanyl when I was... Wow. You know, when it had happened. But recently when I was just looking back on it, turns out that's what it was. Prince was a... Maestro with the music, with anything instrument related, so creative. Yeah, Prince was um, 
very much a mysterious being for a long time. And also, so I didn't I didn't listen to really anything Prince before he had passed away. And there's a reason for that. And that's because uh, Prince was very protective of his music. And so you literally could not listen to it unless you bought like a physical copy. Oh, you good businessman. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not too many artists who are like that. I think Taylor Swift has just changed the reins on that, but it used to be, I don't think you could listen to her stuff on streaming platforms. Oh, wow. Um, I did not know that. There are a couple of country artists who are like that, where you literally cannot, I, I, I want to say Blake Shelton, but that might not be right. Yeah. Along those lines, I who think wrote, I know what you're um, talking about. Friends in Low Places. I think it was Garrett Brooks. Hold on, friend. Yes, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, it was like you could not get his stuff on Spotify. Like, you have to go out and buy the CD. Get, um, get the guap. Yeah, it's a few artists who are like that, but that's why. So, like, my first real initiation into trying to listen to, to some friends was, or at least on my own, was Anderson Pack did some interview, and he was talking about how he used to uh, play in, you know, bands for weddings and stuff mm-hmm. before he had blew up. And he was like, oh, yeah. They were like, what, what did you play? He's like, oh, you know, we were playing like Prince. You know, I want to be your lover. And he sang just a just a piece of it. I was like, that sounds kind of good. Let me see what that is. <laughs> because I, I kind of just realized at that point that I had never really heard any Prince stuff. And so I go to look it up on YouTube. Not there. You know, you just like literally could. If a, if a song would come up on there, his lawyers would come out and be like, take it down. That is right crazy. Now. Yeah. So you literally could not. So I... I couldn't even find out if I liked Prince or not. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to buy a whole album and then not like it. I mean, if I was a much smarter man, I would have told myself buy the album at the time. But at the time, I was like, I don't know if I even like Prince. That's true. Um, I'd heard a couple singles from, you know, VH1. VH1 is the reason I know a lot of older artists. Oh, yeah. Spend Shout out to VH1. On yeah, VH1. they had um, this series, like, 100 most yes. inflation artists. That's exactly 100 most awesome like albums like rap from the 90s and 80s i used to love watching those growing up very big influence on why i got exposed to like different types of music growing up yeah that's the exact that's exactly how i got to listen to all that stuff and so what happens is when prince passes away um and this always happens with an artist who passes away immediately like some label comes in, probably talks to their family, and the family's like, "All right, we'll give you the music." Prince was a very principled man and would like never, never ever do that. No, but um, I guess his family agreed, and so pretty soon after that, it was a small trickle. It was like you saw a bunch of stuff on YouTube now, yeah. But you did not. I'm talking like the week before I happened to look for some stuff, probably nothing. Like way, you know, just a little bit after that. Now it's a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Then it's like, oh, all his albums are on Spotify now. Oh, all this, all of them, and that's how it goes for every single, for most artists who have passed away, especially now. It's a lot easier now, but um, so that's when I started listening, and like I just fell in love with "I Want to Be Your Lover," which is a crazy, uh, crazy song because it was actually written as a demo for an artist named Patrice. Russian. I don't know. Do you know who that is? No, I do not. She has a song called Forget Me Not. Um, and it's like, I want you to remember something, something. Forget Me Not. It's a very great song. Check it out. But um, he actually had a crush on her. 
and the song is about her. Oh, wow. But he gave her, it was like a four-track demo, and this is one of the songs that he gave her to, I guess, for it to be her song, and maybe they turned it down, or... Chances are there's a Patrice Russian version of this somewhere. Okay. I don't know if you can just look it up, but somebody's got it on some hard drive. Probably hidden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he did that. And then, like, when you listen to the lyrics and you're like, dog, this is the song, like, you, maybe she didn't know at the time. Oh, <laughs> but, course. like, this is the song that you gave to uh, your lover because he's got some moment in there where he's like i want to be the one you come for and i'm like yo you're you're super wilding right now. oh yeah but like the way prince liked to do it was it's very like on the nose but he was like oh i want to be the one you like come running for sort of thing that's like how he's trying to say it but like very much like hey what's up patrice oh yeah what's up patrice <laughs> You know, very interesting about that, um, I Want to Be Your Lover, it's in, like, his second album, it was mm-hmm. self-titled, yep. yeah, The Prince. I got that record right over there. Oh, you do? Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. sick. So, something that I learned recently is that he played every single instrument in that album on yep. top of writing the lyrics. Yep. Wow. He does that for every single one of his albums. That is crazy and, and not for every song he writes for other people and not only that the whole fact that most of this art that he had already like developed he was like 19 yes that is wild yeah in the days of like now you can just buy a, a 200 audio interface and some software and like you're good but like back then you have to go in the studio or get some like reel to reel track recorder and or you had to be good yeah yeah and you got to pay for studio time yes like so it's i don't know however much an hour like depending on where you're at 40 bucks an hour 100 bucks an hour 150 and then when you get to the big deal studios you're talking about thousands of dollars an hour uh and prince who had to play every single instrument separately and put it down jesus did that at 19 what a visionary. A visionary. Like, first of all, most people can't play more than one instrument. Like, if if they play one instrument, they can do that very well. Exactly. But Prince could do that with every single instrument that he played, which was piano, bass guitar, guitar, and drums. And sing. And sing. With an incredible range. Like, he sings in a high register a lot of the time. But if you listen to enough Prince stuff, he'll go super low if he wants oh, to. Oh, yeah. Uh and I'm still amazed at the amount of talent. Because when I started being able to dig into Prince, once his music was available, <laughs> um, I I saw like he wrote for Time, which is this band. Like he he literally was pretty much just the band, but they performed it live. Um, he's got a bunch of these jazz records that he has. It's an insane amount of stuff. I can't even tell you all the time I had all the stuff he wrote for all these other people over like 30 years. But a magician, yeah, and it's really. I don't know how you get that good at things. Maybe if I didn't have a phone and I didn't spend (laughs) eight hours of my day looking at TikTok and Twitter, I'd be a much more well developed person. Um, but who knows, you know? No, it's it's definitely admirable. I mean, a lot of people that were like, to be honest, more popular Mm -hmm. than Prince, yeah, they would always say, Oh, him. Prince, this is the goat. Like probably because he wrote their songs for them. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> and he got that. He got that bag as well. Oh, for sure. And he was just a very. He's really like one of those few super influential artists that were like low key, like you earlier earlier mentioned. Like 
how he could get away with being so talented, yep. so influential, yet be so private and secretive about like the things that he works on or the methods that he applies to make this music happen. It's just it was just like baffling to me. I remember like growing up there was this one song called Little Red Corvette. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's it's a very spicy song, guys. You guys should listen to it. It's pretty good. But it's a different approach because like Prince would have these like very seductive and like upbeat type of songs. Little Red Corvette is a little bit more like mellowish. Mm -hmm. But it would still hit. Yeah. You know, it would still hit. Like my man had like unlimited range with his voice, but also with like the emotions he could put into a song. Yeah, one of the funniest things I was listening to I Want to Be Your Lover and he says uh he starts off with I ain't got no money. I ain't like those other dudes you hang around, which is such a like adult thing to say when you say I'm not like those other dudes you hang around. It's more like you're really sunning these people. Like uh that's something your parents say. Like you you're always hanging around with those guys and they're not they're not good for you. <laughs> you know I mean? Like your grandma says some stuff like that, like all these dudes Troy hangs around. Like that's not even you shouldn't even be around that. So for you to say that to your potential lover or your crush or whatever is at nineteen. A, yeah, at, <laughs> at nineteen. At nineteen is such a funny thing. And maybe it's because, you know, we're talking about at nineteen in the seventies. So in the like, 70s. maybe people said that all the time and now the only people we say that hear say that are old but like i really doubt it that's a that is a uh i'm your father grandfather grandma mother and i'm like yo you're hanging around with the, with the wrong i know right like <laughs> the wrong prince was an old man at a young age <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard somebody's i wish i could son people like that where i'm just like you're going on the wrong path, man. I know. He was sassy with it. I and mean, be the same age as you. That's a really <laughs> wild thing. Or maybe even younger. Like, that's a wild thing. To yeah, say. that's super wild. And make a song about it specifically. Like, And I'm going to give it to you so you can perform it. And then you don't. So I'm going to make it a hit in my album. And okay, one of the Prince. biggest hits of, of my own stuff, but of all time. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Prince, the GOAT. Rest in peace. Yeah. And like, one other song that i like really fell in love with was print with prince was um uh if i was your girlfriend which is like a very it's a it's a deceptively um storytelling yeah it's a deceptive song in the terms of like it starts out super funky baseline which is like what prince is known for i think honestly if you want to make a hit song, low-key, the only thing you have to do is make a super cool bass line. And then you can build everything else around it and you'll be all right. Um, Today, but, if you can dance with it to TikTok, that's enough. Guys. Yo, yeah. There's, Things change. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, does the super funky bass line. And he starts you know, saying the lyrics. And basically, the whole song is about, like, I wish you treated me um, like I was one of your, like your girlfriends, like one of your um, female friends. He's talking to his uh his actual girlfriend and he's like which is very real in terms of a lot of times people get in relationships and then they have certain complaints or they have certain parts of themselves that they hide from their significant other who's supposed to be in you know in concept like your best in sync friend with you yeah that you share everything with but a lot of times when there's some problem in that relationship or or whatever it is um they go to these outside sources like their friends and then like oh you know i'm feeling like this towards prince i wish he would do this but they never told him that 
or um, wow. never communicated with him that. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's sometimes where it's like, I wish you told me all your secrets and all that kind of stuff, like you tell your friends. Now with Prince, I know that part of it is like he's just a really controlling guy. Oh yeah. So like, <laughs> this isn't the greatest person to be saying that, but but what he was trying to say, I think, is a good. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's a good thing to to put out there. Like you, if you're gonna be my significant other and you're supposed to be my best friend all that kind of stuff i need you to share all of you with your emotions how you feel about me you know like just don't be telling your girlfriends about it tell me yeah i'm your boy (laughs) (laughs) your boy you know it's a very it's something i think a lot of people don't really talk about or at least as as smartly as uh prince does it here it is like i wish you were a hundred percent of yourself with me and you shared everything with me yeah i mean i think the masterpiece like behind those type of songs it's not only like getting uh you know putting your emotion into it but it's like the fact that talking about like different person like that point of view from the outside yet you being the person being directly affected by it it was like kind of mind-blowing you know like storytelling isn't easy no in music you know only a few people can like you know get away with it being super good at it you most know? people aren't good storytellers in general so. yeah <laughs> so that song i hope she i hope she heard your prince <laughs> <laughs> i mean she definitely I, did she i'm sure she heard it but also again prince was a really <laughs> controlling dude so it probably didn't work out anyway nah probably it wasn't gonna work out at all <laughs> but like you know he he was trying i guess <laughs> ah, i guess i guess i mean music was his language so yeah 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 but uh, actually, another guy kind of talking about his relationship in a certain song, and I never realized it was this serious, was George Michael. Oh, Georgie Michael. Georgie Porgy here. Georgie Porgy. Rest in peace, George Michael. George Michael was probably one of the prettiest, <laughs> uh, most out there, popular artists in the 80s and 90s and some people don't know this some people do probably your grandpa probably your mama but he used to be the founder of the famous band called wham yep yeah wake me up before you go go he was part of that banger guys I have a and quick then... quick story with that i randomly found out about i knew that song i'd always known it but just a random, like, you know how you could DVR uh, episodes and stuff? Yeah. I had no idea why I did. Maybe I was just interested because I kept hearing people talk about it. But I DVR'd, like, a random episode of Glee. <laughs> never never watched anything before. I don't know if it was by accident or if I did it on purpose. But they happened to do Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, like, a just a cover of Banger. it. Banger. And, like, I kept playing it over and over again. Of course. And so then, because of Glee... I got into Wham. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Wham was super, super, super influential. Actually, Wham was the first band from the United States to perform in China. So Really? Yes, really. So that is a fun fact for you. And this is what's like mind-blowing about George Michael. So George Michael realizes that he's a superstar mm-hmm. and he wants to go solo yep. and then wham blows up and so does wake me up before you go go and my man was like blowing people's mind with music as a band member in wham but also as an independent artist and you guys 
probably know this song. You guys probably heard it. If not, you've heard the sax. Careless Whisper. It breaks in with such a like. It's such an invasive saxophone. It is really in your face. Oh, yeah. It's very 80s. It's very 80s. And the lyrics are like so strong, so emotion driven. Like, George is hurt. Yeah. George is really hurt in this song. So, do you know what it's actually about? Because I, like, when I was first. When I saw the lyrics for it, I was very surprised. Tonight the music sounds so loud. I wish you this crowd. It's also a huge thing on TikTok for whatever reason. Oh, yes. Uh, I think they remixed Did they remix it into a drill beat? They probably did. (laughs) I can't remember what the the trend is right now. I would not be impressed if they did. But apparently the song is about this person, um, like super close to George, obviously, and they're about he has to let go he has to let go things are gonna like you know they're gonna finish um they probably didn't end well at all because he does say we might hurt each other with the things we want to say so it's it was a toxic relationship toxic relationship but there was still love behind it you know so i was i was reading this on g this is according to genius uh and i guess George Michael says something about it later because he said he actually didn't live any of this. He just wrote it when he was 17 and he feels so bad because so many people connected to it. And he was like, I was just writing some garbage. Like, It's not for you, this. honey. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, he said it was about he had actually in the story, right? Not him. He had actually cheated on his partner and um, they're dancing together. And like he can't he can't dance like he used to. Because he feels he's betrayed his partner so much that it's like, oh, you know, and, and they can tell something's wrong because he's not hitting the same moves like he would usually do it. And, Sheesh. you know, just that feeling of guilt was so overwhelming that it was affecting how he was able to interact with his partner. Hurting Georgie and the other person was like, what's wrong with you, George? He's like, I just I just can't keep doing this, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he, he, he tries. Suffering silence. Yeah, like he tries, and like you said, uh, the line of "We don't want to hurt each other with things we have to say," which you can definitely do at the end of a relationship. Like people will say, sometimes we'll just say like the nastiest stuff and just cut you. Oh yeah, I think it's kind of like a escape mechanism, you know? Because he's like, I'm just gonna get this over with, and mm-hmm. then you just like kind of like lash out and just pour out negativity, you know? Kind of give each other a reason to hate each other and not be together which just sucks you know like sometimes you can just break up and keep it cool with the other person you know yeah it's tough there's still emotion behind it but damn he's really just hurt like most people in that situation they're really just hurt it's not that they necessarily want to um bash you yeah bash you it's they want you to feel they want you to understand how hurt they feel and they feel like the only way to do that is to lash out at you and and hurt you bad enough where you're like now you understand what's really going on but really it comes from a place of like i'm hurt yeah it's deep pain yeah hey that song um my mom used to like blast it really yeah when she was cleaning she would blast i'm like who her mom (laughs) like hey what happened here you know and um fun fact um i used to i picked up the sax um in high school yeah i did too and um, the reason I picked it up was because of this song. <laughs> I remember telling my teacher exclusively, I just want to learn the part from Careless Whisper, and that's it. I'll drop the sax. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my music teacher, Sol de Villa. I miss you, bro. You're the best. <laughs> Never did learn it, though. <laughs> Ended up using the sax for, 
you know, like the school band and stuff, but it's the saxophone is a beautiful instrument and the way that it marries the sad, you know, the sad lyrics and the emotion and, you know, George as a person in this song, I mean, he really connected to a lot of people. It really became a super big hit. Another uh, famous song also was Faith. And you've probably heard it before. Freedom, yeah. freedom. Yeah. And here's the thing. And this, you know, this becomes a little bit more relevant afterwards. But apparently freedom, I mean, you know, faith, he was, it was actually talking about like being completely open about you as a person, mm-hmm. about like how, how you felt, like, you know, actually like have, you know, that faith that, you know, that you can be free and you can be yourself. And fast forward, 1998 controversy, George Michael, um, is caught in a bathroom, um, kind of like mingling with this other male. Mingling is hilarious work. Yeah. And, um, that happened and people were like, oh my God, how could this be happening? Was like he on drugs or what was happening? And he straight up took the first interview he had and he was like, guys, I am gay. Yeah. I am gay. And I'm telling you, my man, the glow up was real <laughs> after that. He definitely felt free. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, in that era, things were a little bit like, you know, they were still sensitive and it's not like today definitely that we're like today. definitely not like today. We're more open. We're more respectful, you know, more understandable. And like, you know, back then people would just bash you and maybe your career was over. But not for George. Definitely not for George. He and definitely came back. He dropped some more music afterwards. But it's crazy how sometimes these music, like these, these songs that these artists put out, they're really pouring out their heart in them. And yeah. sometimes you you just don't know. You just like vibe to it. He's like, oh, this is a really great song, but you don't know how much that means to the artist, you know? Yeah. If you're not living their life, you don't know. No. And Faith definitely hit. One that was a banger. That's funny is like, you know, in my, I'm not sure if like Wham was my first introduction to George Michael or if I had seen him before. Because he was always in parodies of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, of course. I think. Like, I think Family Guy, I know Family Guy had one. Oh, yeah. Because I, I saw it, it was Chris who was singing it. Um, but it's, I don't know if anyone told me that George Michael was gay before I was like looking at music videos and stuff of him and Wham. But I was like, come on, guys. Come on. This is very, but in the 80s, the effeminate look was a little like that was, you know, Prince is definitely a person to kind of mention that, where it was like, I thought it was kind of obvious that George Michael was gay. But again, this is like 20 years later. And who knows how many people have been like whispering. Well, 30 years, actually. Oh, no, of course. Like they were very exuberant. Um, you know, they had this very flashy hairstyles. They had a lot of like colors in their in their like attire, how they dressed up. And back then, they just kind of like popularized that in the culture. Yeah. You know, but they weren't really open with like their sexual orientation. And it's not like sure. today. You know, and um, progress, progress is definitely important. Super happy that, you know, we've definitely evolved. But back then, I mean, people would like how you say it today, they would cancel you. You know, they would probably cancel you. Maybe it wasn't the best for the media. Um, You were basically demonized if you, you know, if you were like homosexual and stuff. 
just kind of stupid, you know. But hey, back then things were like way more conservative, and people had a different agenda going on. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like a lot of other artists, like for example, Ricky Martin from Puerto Rico, yep. right? Uh, when he was in the boy band Menudo, Menudo became like viral. They were like a global sensation. And since growing up, Ricky Martin was like probably the most handsome guy in that group. Mm-hmm. And all these women were like dying over him. Yeah. And then he was straight up like, guys, I'm gay. And I, I still remember when that happened, my mom walked in and she was like, I knew it. <laughs> she was like, I knew it. I've always known. Yeah. But, you know, just like I just mentioned earlier, like, you know, like the media back then, like they would just bash you and destroy you because of those type of things. And people would have to suffer in silence or live like these two different separate lives, you know? Your career could definitely have been over if oh, yeah. you said something like that. That's kind of, that's crazy. And that's just what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. what it is. It is what it's it is. different now, but even, even now, there's definitely some artists who, like people will not listen to them anymore once they found out that they're bisexual or gay like one memory i like starkly remember is knew this guy uh and frank ocean had come out as bisexual oh yeah and like of course we all love frank ocean got a grammy off of channel orange first out first try and uh love me some frankie yeah this guy was like oh like i'm not gonna listen to him anymore and i was like what like what why and he was like oh you know like that just doesn't um i don't know align with my religion or whatever and i was like dog you you curse all the time like you're a horrible person like what are you talking about (laughs) double moral (laughs) double moral (laughs) like you're you're just homophobic like that's just who you are like you don't care anything about jesus like what are you talking about yeah don't use that agenda with me man that's not it that's what he said i was like you're wilding right now. Yeah, you're lying to me right you're now. You really just lie to yourself. To me, <laughs> to yourself. You can lie to yourself. Don't lie to me, dog. No, <laughs> don't do it. And you know, it's kind of curious because now that you think of it, you know, Frank Ocean used to be part of Odd Future. Odd Future was a group. It was um, wild. Jasper. Yeah, they were wild. Wild. And Tyler, the creator. Yeah. yeah. Tyler, the creator, came out as gay. Yeah. And he was probably the well, most. Come out as gay. He's... I don't even know if he's gay or bisexual. One of the two. Definitely. Point is, he at least likes men in some some fashion yes but the thing is that i remember that um tyler was probably the number one homophobe in odd future when they were starting and now we know he was just trying to suppress yeah his like his true self his true likings his true like preferences because if you listen to some music from Odd future you know that everybody there would like use very very negative terms them slurs <laughs> yeah he was dropping them slurs like i i'm not even right. gonna dare to try to say them yeah. and you know like our future was super controversial especially tyler yeah but flower boy when he dropped flower boy like he was just open with it yeah and it's like a metaphor literally flower boy he's yeah. blossoming into like his true his true self and then you come to think of that because frank ocean also separated from our future early stages yeah you would think that maybe they knew about each other, right? It might have. And Frank probably took that initiative. He's like, I'm going to step out. Mm. Maybe eventually you'll, you know, you'll be yourself. Yeah. And I never thought about that. Yeah. It actually just came to my head, you know. It's kind of yeah. curious. He might have. He might have known that. I mean, Tyler never, like, said after the fact that he always knew. He kind of just made a joke. I remember he said something like, um, well, 
you know, I knew that Frank liked Pop Tarts without frosting, so I knew something was weird with him. Like that's literally what he said. <laughs> um, Tyler's a goof. Yeah, but who knows? He might have known. I mean, they were close friends. Yeah, they um, were super close. They still are. They're still super tight. Yeah, you know? it's just we never see Frank, so I have no idea what his relationship is with anyone. Yeah, Frank has that Prince approach to him <sighs> to his lifestyle. He's very yeah. secret about he it. He likes being private. Also. One thing I think is funny that a lot of people probably forget, and this is totally unrelated, but, like, Frank was uh, getting in, like, fist fights with Chris Brown. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was kind of, it was so quick where we just kind of forgot about it, but um, I can't remember exactly why, but it was, like, in the parking lot of some studio, and they just Frank started throwing getting, hands. Yeah, just started throwing hands. I feel like it's because Chris had been saying some stuff. About Frank being um, bisexual, and like he tried to shake his hand, like Chris tried to shake Frank's hand, and he was like, "Nah, like I'm I'm cool off that." And somehow from that, you know, some people get offended when you're offended <laughs> at whatever they said. I think it's one of those situations. So yeah, and he says it in a song. He was like, "Why is his mug all bloody?" That was a three on one, and he was just saying how like they were just fighting at a point it was a very small reference in this earl song called sunday oh yes 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 but that's what he was referencing fighting chris brown that's that's super wild hey i can't imagine myself or like seeing frank fighting at all i mean i can definitely see chris brown don't be fighting no men dog he only be beating up his like girlfriends and that's why it's multiple people with uh canceled restraining orders on him canceled do not vibe with Brown's vibe. I mean, my <laughs> man got moves. My man has some hits, but he also has other type of hits I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Yeah, but I don't know. George, George Michael was a, uh interesting guy. I also have a story related to Careless Whisper about playing it on the saxophone. Like, when I was in high school and we were part of the Panther Creek Marching Band, uh... Something about our sax section, somebody one day decided that we all have to learn Careless Whisper as, like, part of the culture there. Banger. And, like, people would just, like, break out, belting out Careless Whisper out of nowhere, like, between rehearsals or something. Just, like, so good. <clears throat> so good. Jesus. Yeah. And it was, like, really... I know the director was pissed about it. He was like, yo, y'all, y'all got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop the Careless Whisper, guys. You can't stop it, man. If I was cooler... And I thought about it at the time. I would have learned, like, pick up the pieces by, uh, oh, my God, average white band, like, made the saxophone section learn that. That's a way cooler, <laughs> way cooler thing that people might not have been so mad about because you really have to belt out uh, Careless Whisper. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to go hard, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I don't really have no super sick transition. I'm just going to talk about uh, another freaky dude on here who's super weird, super wild, Rick James. It's Rick James. Yeah. Uh, Rick James passed away in 2004. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, guys. Yo. So, like, I knew of Rick James, but I don't remember exactly when I started, like, let me play Rick James all the time. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Maybe I was in high school. I don't know. I put it like this. I knew Rick James. This should show my age. I knew Rick James from Chappelle's show first. 
I oh think. my gosh, so do I. Because he was, you know, everybody knows this is how wild of a character and a person Rick James is. Just a true story about him was like one of the defining sketches of what many people consider one of the greatest American skit shows of all time. Um, Shout out to If not the greatest one. Probably the greatest. Probably the greatest. I honestly can't tell you too many skit shows that were like before that because I honestly wasn't old enough to be watching them. But (laughs) but, I was uh, definitely not supposed to be watching these shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even afterwards, like I don't, um, I can't think of too many that would even come close to comparison. Like the first question everybody asks, especially if it's a black skit show, how is it compared to Dave Chappelle's Chappelle show? Which is unfair. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> unfair. Like that is like the top tier yeah. for skit shows. And my man was like one man show, literally. Dave Chappelle was just out there. And I remember that Rick James kid and yeah. the fact that he actually had Rick James. Yeah, it yeah, he has Rick James like helping him tell the story. It's actually Charlie Murphy's story. And he's play, uh, and Dave Chappelle's playing Rick James, but Rick James is also there as we like yeah, no, nah, I was wilding. My bad. Like, I should have all of that. And literally, like you just said, one of the most memorable lines from the show from Rick James, like, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Like, I was, <laughs> I was doing too much. Doing too much all the way. Um, cocaine was big in his era. The 80s, that's, that's all that was about. That's all they did. That's all they did. We were like, yeah, we're dumping the heroin, guys. Yeah. We're jumping, we're we're jumping to cocaine. <laughs> and one thing that's crazy about rick james is first off he's a menace uh any man with hair extensions who like any straight man with hair extensions who's boldly wearing hair extensions for no reason no one made him do that like he's liable to do anything yes (laughs) like if you're confident enough to put in hair extensions as a man who knows what you're who knows what you're capable of doing if you look at the album street songs which is actually over there too um the collection. Yeah, he is wearing these big thigh-high leather boots, red leather boots on the cover, with hair extensions, glitter on his cheeks, and everything else he's wearing is also leather. He might also have his uh, finger fingernails painted, maybe possibly. Yeah, he was really like breaking the stigma. He, he didn't care. No, he did not At care. All. So that's like that's literally Rick James. He did not care. He did not care, and that's probably what propelled him into like super, super stardom. To be honest, and he had the ladies going. No, they were super going crazy. Freak. They were going crazy. Yo, so like, first off, something I didn't know. I actually went to um, Rick James was under Motown. That's who his label was when he was out. So I actually went to Detroit to the Motown houses where they Indeed. recorded all the stuff for the Temptations and all that kind of stuff. And, Classic. Um, he is, I didn't know this, but he's the son of Barry Gordy, which what? was the label head of, you know, uh, Motown. I didn't know that. He's like the eldest son of Barry Gordy. I did not know this either, guys. Yeah. So, like, he he was kind of always destined to do something. Yeah. And, like, I was, I'm doing this a little out of order, but that's okay. Uh, with Super Freak, if, you know, you're listening to it. Whatever, and then he says, "Temptation, sing," and like now that makes way more sense. Oh wow! Because oh, it does. You know what I'm saying? Like at the time, I didn't know he was on Motown necessarily. Definitely didn't know he was Barry Gordy's son. Um, and so, like, it makes it's the connection of two label mates, all from Detroit. 
Well, he claims he's from New York, but point is, label is in Detroit. You get the Temptations on your on a song called Super Freak, also, yes, which is like way different than what the Temptations. Oh doing. yeah, they were singing My Girl, oh, <laughs> like the butterflies and the bees, sunshine is shining, and here he comes talking about Super Freak. I'd really like to taste her every time we meet, and like that's and he makes a tongue lick. Like if you listen to the recording, you've got headphones, you hear him go. Like, after yes. he says, I'd really like to taste her, which is wild. Crazy ad-libs. <laughs> he goes crazy on the ad-libs. Uh, yeah, and some some people are like, it's very few people who can get away with this. But he he made a song so catchy that like, well, at least my mom didn't care that I was saying it. Which is like, my mom don't like nothing. Like, in, <laughs> in terms of music stuff, I've said this several times on the podcast. She doesn't like anything. So for me to be singing Super Freak at eight, nine, ten, <laughs> yeah. like that's super wild that my parents was like, oh yeah, like I can't even say anything. That song is so crazy good. It is. It's crazy good. It's crazy, catchy, gets you moving. And you already know the song. The moment it starts playing, you know it's Super Freak. You know it's Rick James. Oh no, you know it is that bass because he played the bass. That's, that was his instrument. And just that initial doom, 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 doom. I even learned how to play that on a bass. Mm. Like, there's no... It, it's just a crazy song. And he's saying, like, she's the type you don't take home to mother. Like, but he says, but then he screams out, that girl's all right with me. Which is something that you don't really hear too much. <laughs> it's like the super freak that you don't take home to your mom. She's kind of just a groupie or whatever. But he's like, he's accepting. He's like, nah, like... That's who I want. That's I like her. Yeah. She's I, the one I want. That's something we don't talk about, especially if you're talking like um, in the hip hop sphere. It's always like, you know, they like messing with all these super freaks and whatnot, but then they marry, I guess, a woman who is supposedly not a super freak or hasn't really been around or isn't very promiscuous, but then they end up cheating on her with the super freaks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so he's like, you know what? I'm not going to be cheating on the super freak. I'm going to be with the super freak. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a super freak. I want to be with a super freak. Yes. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Just a wild, wild man. Like, and this is something I didn't even know about. This is why you never meet your heroes type deal, right? But like, you know how we went through a period of time where like every single person was getting, we're still kind of going through, but not as, as crazy as it was. Like, you remember the Me Too movement? Yeah. And the, just a. Not just that, but kind of everybody's getting canceled all the time. Yeah, yeah. But this is kind of related to the Me Too movement. So I looked him up once, and it probably wasn't even looking up him. It was just talking about like your favorite artists who did some wild thing. Had no idea Rick James was doing this. And I was like, can I have anything? What <laughs> happened? He apparently so he was with his girlfriend. Oh, it wasn't. It was. It's gonna probably be worse than what you think. He was with probably. his girlfriend, and they like kidnapped some woman and just like tortured her for like a few days like just kept her locked in a house and like burned cigarettes on her and stuff and i was like what 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 was going on like i had literally never heard this until you know a couple years ago just something that i saw online and like no one ever brings it up because he he didn't really go to jail for a super long time i don't think he might not even go to jail to be honest with you cocaine's a health drug yeah like i don't even understand why? Like, yeah, how did you even think to do that? Why would you think to do that? Why would you then go do it? And with someone else 
your girlfriend also. His super freak. His super freak. That was some freaky stuff right there. I did not know this. That is super wild. No, yeah. I feel... I'm astonished. Yeah. There's some people like, wow. you know, I know we don't listen to Kales no more, so I don't listen to Kales no more. I accept that. But then it was like, I just kept losing artists that I was able to listen to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, we gotta... I don't want to say we got to stop because I'm sure there are plenty of people who are like, okay, people who make music. Yeah. But also it, it's starting to feel like it's just, we don't know what they've done yet. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? That's like, true. You don't know these people. I definitely don't know Rick James. No. I definitely don't know. It's kind of too late also to know exactly. about Rick James. <laughs> I don't know any of these people who are famous, but it seems like that uh, there's nothing you can do to not get i'm not gonna say because obviously you could not kidnap people that's a very no. easy thing to do or so, burn them with six yeah like i'm not even trying to say like oh rick james is blameless or nothing like that but it just seems like every single time i'm really into an artist eventually find out some crazy thing with the fame comes the shame yeah there's i don't know i mean drug use will definitely the heavy drug use will definitely get you but doing some crazy stuff yeah probably yeah. but and you hear it on like Fire and Desire, where I find out how much of a menace Rick James really is. I mean, there. So he starts it off with. Uh, let me see how he how I really want to talk about this. Oh yeah, so he has this little monologue where he's mentioning like talking. He's clearly talking to an ex of some kind. He walks up to her. And he's like, "Oh hey, how you doing? You know." You're looking very, very nice these days. You yes. already messed up. You already messed up saying that because he's got a girlfriend. He mentions he's like, oh, you know, I've got a lady now, but it's not the same as when I used to be with you. Oh, Yo, what yes. are you doing? What are you doing? Yes, that's what uh, duetting with like Tina Marie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baddie. <laughs> she was a baddie back then. I'm not going to lie. So I don't know. Fire and Desire was really controversial song. Was it controversial? I mean, controversial now that we know, you know, like what it's all about. <laughs> Back then, you would just groom to it and you're like, yeah, fire and desire. But, oh, and now that I think of it, I think fire and desire, does Drake have something? Like, he does have a song called Fire and Desire. Yeah. But I don't think it samples this. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's on views. Jesus, look at that album cover. Rick James was really a rock star. Yeah, well. he was like super wild and. Um, the red boots are really a statement. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they're 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 wild. The craziest thing is like, so he's talking to this woman. Yeah, he's talking to this woman, and he says, uh, "I mean, really, he's talking to Tina." But um, wow. Okay. Well, it's even wilder. He actually, for real, was talking to Tina. This says Tina stated that Rick wrote the song for her, being that around this time the two were in a romantic relationship. Okay, so they were in one. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but you know, he's like talking to her, and then there's a point later in the monologue where he's like, you know, I'm kind of, you're kind of with somebody, and I'm kind of living with somebody. Yo, you're wilding right now, like. <laughs> He said, I'm kind of living with somebody. How do you kind of live with somebody? Nah, because he couldn't really live with the fact that <laughs> he really, you know, he's talking to Tina Marie and I cannot judge him for it. I mean, Tina Marie was really, she was a legend. 
Uh, let me just leave it at that. He wasn't lazy. I get that you are. Uh, you don't get to kind of live with somebody and also like go talk to your ex and be like, "Look, man, I really miss you." Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, yo, somebody's gonna come get you. Don't get to do stuff like that. You're and, taking an L somehow. At, at the end, he's like, "You know, I know we're not together no more, but can you just?" Put your arms around me and hold me like you used to, all while living with some other Sheesh. woman or significant thing. And she's like, "Sheesh!" She's like, "Yeah, I'll do that. Like, I'll do that for you. Like, it's crazy." And uh, she's okay with it. Yeah, I mean, she's cool with it. Like, she's she knows with it. Yeah, she knows. I mean, she's with somebody as well. Yeah, she's with somebody. Like, she's no better. But just hearing Rick James say this on top of, on top of this, like, super, I don't know slow i know right instrumental yeah that's that's what to me was like so mind-blowing a lot of these songs like in the 70s 80s and like early 90s you would have these like very strong messages hitting with hidden within these like funky Mm. and upbeat and kind of like smooth sounds and you're like i can't believe he was talking about like you know being with this Oh, the shorty, well, he has his main girl in his house, kind of living with Listen. Him. Oh, my God. <laughs> they was doing people dirty all throughout time. Oh, all. yeah. Oh, they yeah. like to pretend, like in the early 2000s at some point, um, like, oh, man, now you guys are all cheating on each other. There's no real love or whatever. There was no real love in the 80s and 70s nah, and 60s. Nah, nah. They would have whole other families uh all their songs, they were doing people real, yeah. real dirty. All this good and love and war, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe your grandma talking about all this stuff about, you know, it's just no real men out here and da da da. Your grandma don't know that your granny has another family somewhere. Yeah. Literally, literally, my great grandfather had another family. Jesus. Didn't even, it was like my, my grandfather found out he had a brother. From going to the high school, first of all, they live in a very small town. I'm talking one stoplight. Don't know how no one thought <laughs> nobody taker. would find out. But uh, Living on the edge. And I can't even say it was another family necessarily. I just know it was another child. Goes to the school, sees this guy, and everybody's like, you guys look like each other. And that's where he found out that was his brother. Jesus Christ. That's how he found out. They were in high school. Hey, um, actually, where I work at, I, work at, I heard that... Um, this person found out that they they have a sister, thirty years old. Okay, <laughs> thirty years old. I don't know if someone's granddaddy was listening to Fire and Desire as well. Oh man, it does something to you. That's that's wild, to be honest. And Rick James, I mean Rick James was a wild person. So he's a wild guy. This is not out of character. For yeah, not nah, not completely in his domain. This is all the way. If you told me he did this, no question. Like, oh, yeah. Like, and I like to eat sandwiches. Like, that makes sense. Like, we did. Yeah. (laughs) We do what we like to do. You know what I'm saying? This is totally in his domain. I believe he actually did this completely. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. He was speaking facts. (laughs) No repercussions. He was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, and that's the funny thing is like you can just say that every single time and people are like you know what rick was wild like that's that makes sense you know what i'm saying yeah i mean <laughs> and to be honest like he was so exuberant he was so outlandish and yeah, people liked it for the 80s yeah and how you mentioned earlier with the hair extensions how he was dressing with the glitter with everything and he was still getting away with it and he was still getting away with it for years and years and years until he passed away. I mean, 
he was he was always like you know living that lavish lifestyle hardcore and um doing some very super freaky stuff yeah real real life rock star uh honestly i feel like if rick james had come out today you know he basically i think his descendants are still like Lil uzi young thug like if you're thinking about oh yeah black artists who don't necessarily follow the like strict you know i'm a super hardcore manly man Lil Nas, or whatever yeah like Lil Nas, like they you know rick james was one of the first people to be doing that sort yeah. of stuff prince they do them you yeah. know they don't follow like the normal i don't know like the same passage as like the trendy artists like they make like, kind of like their own wave yeah i i, I like uzi a lot i vibe with him because he <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like he really be doing whatever he wants. Whatever. And when you come to think of it, like a lot of artists that do what they want, they have a lot of like super solid fandom behind them because the they're like, it's the confidence. And I'm gonna give a shout out to Bad Bunny because Bad Bunny really be doing whatever he wants. He actually has an album called Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana, which is I do whatever I want. <laughs> And he's demonstrated that he does what he wants. He takes the approaches that he wants. He taps into the different music genres that he wants. And people like that. Just like they like Rick James. Just like people like Uzi. Just like people like Prince. Mm -hmm. Just like people like a lot of the artists that we mentioned. Like most of them just decided to do things their own way. They George Michael, Getting Out of Wham. Um, Juice World incorporating this rock and pop and kind of like making his own sounds and influencing an artist like now, like the Kid Leroy. Kid Leroy is like basically Juice World's son. Mm. Comes to like musical influence and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, like for example, also Jerbuza, even though like he was incorporating drill music from the outside, he was still doing it his own way, his own style. Like a lot of the artists that like we talked about, they, they were really like just doing what they wanted, you know? Yeah. And kind of sad to see them go but they definitely did influence a lot of the music that we listen to now so yeah man so to those we lost and then found again yes um, music immortalizes you gives you you know music gives you a way of like putting your emotions and basically staying there forever yeah. you know it's, it's definitely sad that you know some of them go in a very tragic manner and um that they still have a lot of potential that they were like you know waiting to be exposed a lot of like music still unreleased and stuff but it is what it is you know and we're just glad that when they were present and they they did their due diligence and they gave us some good music some good memories and some good experiences just you know you know the vibes yeah once you're on wax it's it's forever so you know, we just get to enjoy them for millennia, millennia. Yeah, we're talking about them now. They're still gonna be talking about them later. Yeah. yeah, the internet is a is a is a crazy place, and you know, like things are gonna be there for like a long, long time. So there's no disappearing on the internet. Oh no, there is no. You you, you can't. Yeah, you really can't. You're just out there. You yeah. might be lost, and somebody has to find you again. But you're there somewhere. No, you're there somewhere, and there's someone always listening to you yeah. regardless there's always you're always gonna have at least one fan and that goes <laughs> for everything yeah that goes for everything yeah man uh i guess before we close out you want to shout out some uh 
your social media, anything like that? Yeah, guys, um, follow me on Instagram, alias G official, A-L-I-A-S-G official. And you can follow me, guys, on Twitter, alias Gucci, same as the last one, A-L-I-A-S Gucci. And that's a, that's really all my platforms. If you guys <laughs> want to know more, just hit me up, DM me, get my number, whatever. <laughs> but... You guys can follow me on Instagram. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Holla at your boy. You guys already know it's TroyTrackSelect at gmail.com and TroyTrackSelect on Instagram and at SelectTroy on Twitter. I got to start saying that at the beginning of the episode. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, and I guess we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Peace.